You're listening to Nurses on Fire, the podcast for nurses by nurses aspiring to financial independence. This is our weekly conversations with the CFP edition, where certified financial planners join us to have honest money conversations that guide nurses like you on their path to financial freedom. If you want to get your questions answered, make sure you head over to nursesonfirepodcast.com slash ask to be featured in an upcoming episode. Have you started on your journey towards financial independence or want to do better with your money and don't know where to start? Well, this training is for you. I encourage you to head over to financiallyintentional.com live to sign up for our next free masterclass where I'll teach you the techniques I've used and taught my clients to master money and build wealth. During this free training, you'll learn the most powerful weapon you have at your disposal to launch into financial freedom. The budgeting method that will free up thousands of dollars a month to achieve your financial goals. The common mistakes to avoid while paying off debt and how to rapidly slay debt. You don't want to miss this. So head over to financiallyintentional.com live or click the button in the show notes to register for our next free masterclass. All right, Nurses on Fire, we are back with our certified financial planner, Lisa Peterson. (laughs) Hey, Lisa. (laughs) Hey, Nasima. All right. So today we are going to talk about cutting expenses. And it's no secret that the key to building wealth is decreasing your expenses and increasing your income. And whatever that gap in between is, is what you need to save and invest or use to pay down debt if you have massive debt. But that gap, increasing that gap between your expenses and your income is where it's at. And a lot of times people think, I've cut all the way down to the bare minimums. But there are two very important things that you can do to actually really increase how much money you're saving a month. And those two biggest things are cutting your housing costs and your transportation costs. Now, I don't know about you, Lisa, but, you know, initially when I entered the world of personal finance, I was taught that cutting expenses means like skipping out on lattes. Did you ever hear that? I definitely heard that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So what, I mean, like, what are your thoughts about the way a lot of traditional personal finance is taught as far as expenses people can cut? Right. And they're looking at everything and trying to just buckle your belt or, you know, tighter and spend less. And I think that a lot of us, especially those of us who are able to make good money, we struggle with that because we're like, we're working really, really hard. And the idea that we can't go buy a cup of coffee when we want it or some flowers or something that just brings us great joy seems very restrictive. Yes. Yes. And when things are restrictive, the chances that people are going to stick to those prescriptive things in order to build wealth is less than likely. I know, like, especially in the nursing community, there's like this sense of entitlement. I mean, 
like once we've made it and we're earning good salaries, like then not entitlement, but like the things that we deserve or we're supposed to have or keeping up with the Joneses or lifestyle inflation or whatever you want to call it, is that we get these jobs, we get these steady paychecks, and then we buy the house, we buy the car, and you know, we buy all these things for our kids. And then we're in a position where when it comes to retirement, we're not in the place where we want to be. And I mean, that's why you see the average age of a nurse being really high is because a lot of nurses just either weren't taught, just don't know, or for whatever reason, did not plan for their own retirement. And so I wanted to take this time to discuss some things that me and Lisa kind of do just naturally (laughs) to decrease our expenses, but make a significant impact on our overhead, and that's cutting our housing and transportation cost. I do it two ways. With my housing, I always have a room to rent out. And I usually rent them out to my coworkers, my fellow nurses. So I have done some Airbnb and I also rent my car out, my cars out on a site called Toro. Which ways do you do that? Do you cut your housing or your expenses, Lisa? So the way that we've done it is by not having mortgages. So that helps a lot. But, you know, then you have a lot more money to go towards savings or other projects or buying other, you know, houses or rentals or that sort of thing. But early on and all along still, we keep our cars for a really long time. That's been one thing. So I drove my Honda pilot that we bought in 2005 until my daughter went off to college. She took it off to college. It made it another four years. And so we just had it kind of blow up about a year ago and it had 300,000 miles on it. So that is one way. And I'm driving a Subaru from 2013 that I negotiated heavily. So we buy new cars and we do not get rid of them until they cannot go anywhere pretty much is pretty is the way we do it we keep those cars for a long time we're really careful we've also found that when we go on long road trips it's far better for us to rent a car through Costco most of the time so if you're gonna put a couple thousand miles on a car renting a car is far cheaper than putting those miles on the cars that we're keeping for a long time so that's another way that we keep the cars lasting longer, and then we're not spending a lot of money on our cars. That is actually really, really smart. But you also Airbnb your houses that don't have mortgages. (laughs) Yes. Yep. So we're Airbnb. And we haven't done it in the house that we're living in right now. But Because we've become so good at Airbnb, like if we were to go to Hawaii, let's say for a few weeks, it would be really easy for us to rent out the house that we're in right now for two weeks. And in many cases, when you live in desirable places, you know, yeah, there's some extra work because you're putting away valuables and things like that, but you could literally pay for a big portion of your vacation or offset your mortgage by renting it out even just for a couple weeks a year. And you don't have to pay tax. You don't have to pay taxes on it. For the first two weeks, you rent out your private home. You could make several thousand dollars, no matter how much you make, as long as you have not rented it for more than 14 days. That is tax-free income. 
Wow. See, I'm learning so much. I didn't even know that. That's so cool. That's so cool. But Lisa, like you didn't start out like by never having a mortgage, right? How did you get to a point where you never had a mortgage? So I set it as a goal early on that we wouldn't have a mortgage. Part of the reason I didn't like mortgages was my husband and I were building houses and we would have to go in and get construction loans. And so I made it a personal focus after we did two, I think we did two or three construction loans. And after that, I was like, never again. This is the hardest loan to get. It costs a lot of money. I hate fees. So the goal was that we would always have enough money to be able to finance the next project and not have to get a mortgage. So it's funny how you just have these goals and then you realize, wow, hey, you know, we paid it off. So there have been times when we've taken mortgages, but only when we know we can pay them off and, and they're just giving us you know, additional flexibility. So it's not like a hard and fast, we won't do it. If there's a project that means enough to us, you know, we'll, we'll take maybe a small mortgage to make it possible, especially if we're just going to stay, you know, flipping a house. The other way that we have been able to amass our wealth is because I knew tax code so well, we would, you know, my daughter, by the time she was, I don't know, I think graduating from high school, she had moved eight times because we had built houses and stayed in those houses for a minimum of two years. And there was only one time where we made more than $500,000 in a house that we had lived in for two years. And when you exceed $500,000 for a married couple, you would have to pay income tax on that additional gain. But we literally made more than $500,000 in a couple years on one of the houses that we had built. Wow. I mean, that's like awesome. <laughs> like I'm like thinking of those numbers, but those are goals. But the thing I wanted to emphasize is that you didn't just like start there. And like you didn't just have this big pot of gold and then just buy like buy your first house cash and then just keep on buying first houses. Like you were selling houses and the, that appreciation every time was enough that you were able to pay for the next house's cash. And uh that's goals, Lisa. That's really goals. Like, And we didn't spend that money. Yeah. We, you know, we were really careful that we knew, I mean, we've always lived way more conservatively, like that rule with the cars and the rule with, you know, just keeping our expenses, especially the big expenses under control. We've always lived that way. And that allowed us to have that money to put into another project. That is so awesome. And I know my experience in dealing with lenders. And if I never have to go through this process again, I never want to. So I commend you on being able to pay cash for your properties to be mortgage free. That is totally a goal for my of mine because I never, ever, ever want to have to face the scrutiny. I, I mean, it's just like pure scrutiny and like it's agonizing to go through these processes. They don't make it easy. I guess it's for their protection, but it's horrible. So Lisa, your pure goals. But yeah, the whole moral of the story is you know, if you can keep your expenses and your, uh, your transportation, your housing expenses as low as possible, it gives you the ability to be able to build wealth faster. So Lisa, thank you so much for sharing your experience. Again, I learned so much and I'm always in like super inspired. <laughs>
<laughs> thank you by your story yes well thank you and we're heading over to your facebook group so we can talk about our side our little our ways that we generate extra revenue so yay i hope you guys are in the mindful millionaire community so you can check that out as well We hope that you've enjoyed the episode and that you've learned something new to set you on your path to financial independence. If you love this episode, please share, subscribe, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want us to go over your financial situation or have your questions answered, head on over to Nurses on Fire Podcast slash ask and have us do an analysis of your individual financial situation. And don't worry, we'll keep you anonymous. Thank you for listening to my mommy's podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. Bye-bye.